This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 114. Time management is pretty key to getting that content out on time and on schedule. But I mean, the foundation is self-discipline. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick from sharpenedartist.com, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am really good. How are you doing? I am never better. So what are we doing, Lisa? Are we doing a topic today? Are we we are talking to, to are Unmasked Art, Will Stoller like from Unmasked Art, who's a phenomenal artist. He's got a YouTube channel that he's been working on for the last couple of years, and he does a lot of tutorials. He works in several mediums, colored pencil being a big one of those. Yeah. Now he, yeah, he is the unmasked artist, I guess. And you know, this is a relentless worker. Don't, don't be fooled by the laid back nature of this guy. He's very disciplined. And he I think the he Bob has Ross of colored pencil. He has a lot of things to share with us. I am really excited about talking to Will today. So, Will, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Even though it's like, what, 3 o'clock in the morning where you are? <laughs> I feel yeah. kind of bad about that, actually. Yeah, in a few minutes it's 3 o'clock, so it's not quite there, so no reason to feel bad. And oh, honestly, okay. it's 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 truly an honor to be on the show. Like, uh, oh, thank just you. the opportunity is is great. To, to see where I've come in just a year, I mean, if you would have seen my my channel my facebook fan page and stuff a year ago uh i would have never guessed and i don't think anybody would have that that i would be on this show today so uh it's an honor okay so let's let's go back then and talk about maybe some of your early beginnings in art when you were growing up sure sure so i think i recognized that i enjoyed drawing and doing art probably as young as five or six. And that was like a conscious choice. It wasn't like something I just did as a kid. It was something that I actually consciously thought of to do as enjoyment, as a real hobby. Mm-hmm. I, I I have some pretty interesting art stories. Certainly in in the second grade, I remember I did a, I did a picture that got me detention, uh, <laughs> which was... Uh, which was funny because so the the project that we were working on was with watercolors actually and we were supposed to create an underwater scene using a white crayon pencil and that would keep the watercolor from the paper so we would create little bubbles and things like that so i created this underwater scene with a mermaid and one of the other one of the other components of the piece was that it had to be three dimensional and we had these little sticky things that stuck off the paper. And so the only thing that I made three-dimensional was the mermaid's she, uh, seashell bra and uh, got in trouble for that. But uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's one of my earliest art memories for sure. That's hilarious. Um, and then uh, I've actually, I've been selling artwork ever since I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. Just, just friends in my class, you know, some days they'd be like, Hey, can you draw this for me? I draw it. And they just give me their lunch money. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was like an artistic bully, you know, taking everybody's lunch money for like a, a, a sketch. Um, but I remember, I remember when I was in ninth grade, so my my uh, freshman year in high school, 
uh, I actually sold a fairly large painting to a fellow student for like 50 bucks. And I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And, and it was, it was a picture of her brother playing football. I kind of still wish that, uh, I had like a picture of it or mm-hmm. something because I'd like to just go back and see how terrible it was. Because um, <laughs> I I was I was nowhere at that at the level of selling work when I was in high school. And I think the funniest thing is is that at at every single level I've always been at as an artist, I've always gotten compliments. Mm-hmm. And um, I have I have artwork from back when I was 11 years old. Like that's the farthest back I could, I got is 11 years that's old. That's really cool. And um, gosh, I, I just sometimes I just like to go through it all and just laugh because it's yeah. so terrible. But the funny thing is, is I remember every single piece. It's like yeah, it's 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 almost like a journal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it instead of like you know, words, obviously it's pictures. And, um, a lot of them have, a lot of them have like really personal stories. Some of them are just goofy and funny, but the one thing they all have in common is that they're absolute trash, (laughs) but I still love them. And, uh, it's funny because I remember, you know, some of them, they're, they're not great at all, but I remember people complimenting me and it's still, it's like, it it kind of it kind of puts into your mind at an early stage of being an artist, I suppose, that no matter what you end up creating, somebody's always going to potentially appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that's awesome too. I mean, you you have to appreciate it yourself too, and you have to enjoy it yourself too. I mean, that's I think one of the common denominators that we have as artists is that we enjoy doing this, you know. And at 11 years old, I'm sure it was great. I mean, even though you think it isn't now compared to where you are. But, you know, yeah, I remember those early years for me as well and thinking about how awesome I was. And I'm sure looking back now, I would laugh at some of those things. But, yeah, that that is so cool. I love that. So after high school, you went into you went to college, but not for I- art. No, actually, uh, right after high school, about three weeks after high school, I joined the military. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. So um, I joined the military about three weeks after graduation, and that was about one week after the recruiter came to my classroom. Uh, so it, it all happened super fast. Uh, what branch of service was that? So I went into the, the Navy, gotcha. and uh, I did four years in the Navy, and I think for at least three of the years, the one comment I always, always got was, why are you in the military? And it was always when somebody caught me drawing every (laughs) single time, every single time. And a cool opportunity, actually, that I got in the military is uh, I was the first ship that I was on was the USS Abraham Lincoln. And I actually got the opportunity to paint a really, really, uh, like really large mural in the forecastle of the ship, which is like uh, where the anchor chains are, oh, wow. uh, and it's and in every part of the ship, this is the part where an artist is chosen on the ship to do a mural every time the ship deploys. That is so cool. There's five thousand people on the ship, and I was the one that got. Wow, to do it. that is so awesome. Cool. That's uh, really the, awesome. The the mural is actually the largest one that's on the ship. And it's right in the front, like on the, on the deck. Uh, and it's about, it's about nine feet tall and eight feet wide. Wow. You don't happen to have a, a, a picture of that, do you? You know, I have only one picture and, uh, you can actually Google it on the internet and you'll see oh, really? the picture of me. Okay, I'll put that. Uh, but in the show it's notes. really small, kind of grainy picture. Oh, okay. Uh, I've, I've I've tried to get a hold of some people on the ship that can get me a better picture of it. Oh, but okay. I also have uh, I don't have it here in Poland with me, but I have it back in my sister's place in uh, the states. Uh, but I have a little article because the ship has its own newspaper called the Penny Press. And uh, I was like featured on a couple pages of the Penny Press with picture Neat. of of the painting. Okay. So after the military, where did you go from there? Yeah. So after I got out of the military, which was in 2011, I started college. I went to a community college and after my third quarter there, 
I took a painting class. For the, for the last couple years, maybe year and a half, while I was in the military, I did absolutely zero art. I was never drawing. I was kind of, I was kind of just shut down creatively. You know, the, the military kind of has that effect on you. It's hard to be creative in that, in that environment. Mm-hmm. And so my third quarter into the community college, uh, I took a painting class and it was oil painting and I'd never oil painted before in my life. And I think it was like three weeks into the class, my teacher just loved me to death. Oh my goodness. She loved everything I touched with a brush. And I think I have, my, my sister has the painting, but I did a, a very realistic painting of a tomato and I want to say a, a potato, but I think I'm wrong about that. I think it might actually just be a tomato, but she, my teacher loved it. My teacher loved that painting. She uh, took pictures of it, and it's one of the paintings that she shares at the beginning of her painting class to say, like, oh, this wow. is what this is what you can learn to do. And um, it was like my second or third ever oil painting, and um, and it was impressive at the time. I could go back and probably improve on it quite a bit, but I just fell in love with oil painting in that class, and it just it just sparked something uh, to get me creating again. Mm-hmm. And I actually only took painting one. I, I I went from painting one and skipped all the way past painting four and went straight into studio art. And the best part was that that my teacher enjoyed it so much, uh, enjoyed my, my work so much that she just let me in to the studio oh, uh, that's so cool. whenever I wanted. So I never had to, uh, you know, unpack my paints or, or, or move anything. I could go in there. I could paint the biggest paintings I, I ever could imagine. And some of those early paintings are actually the first videos on my YouTube channel. I think the very first video, now I'll, I'll, I'll kind of skip ahead, but I'll jump back. Um, the very first video on my YouTube channel is actually a painting job that I got because the community reached out to the painting instructor and asked if there was an artist available to do a sign. And that became my first YouTube video is I just decided to prop up my iPad and record me paint this, this sign. And, um, it just, that's where it started. That's where it all began. And, uh, uh, I was going to school to be a math teacher. So I had no real intention, like at that time to, to do what I am doing now as a full-time artist. And, um, gosh, it, I, I don't think I've even really thought about that in a while, but yeah, that's kind of the, the beginning of how it started. So you graduated, then did you take a teaching job? Or are you certified as a teacher? Well, after I finished uh, at the community college and got my associate's degree, mm-hmm. um, I had, I think I had about 30 videos on YouTube. Oh, gotcha. So the time frame there was around 2012-ish, something like that, 2013? So let's see here. It would have been, uh, I graduated 2014, actually. Gotcha. I wasn't full-time for a few of the quarters so I didn't finish and I had I had a lot of catching up to do um, as far as school went so uh, right after I graduated I got accepted to the University of Washington which was kind of shocking to me and I continued to I continued on to get my bachelor's in mathematics the entire time so from 2011 to 2014 and beyond, but I'll just take you in that time frame. Mm-hmm. I was I was slowly building up my video content in my early YouTube days. Uh, that's when I started my my channel in 2013, I think. Yeah, it was 2013. Doing it for fun, or yeah, I, you know, actually, actually, um, I think it was 2012 that I came across Lisa's channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started watching more people doing time lapses and things on YouTube, right. and I, I was like, "That is so cool!" Right? I just I just loved watching the pieces come to life, like right just in a couple minutes. And it was right. like, I know those take a long time, 
and it's so cool to have a camera set up and just speed it up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I can do that. I was (laughs) like, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. And that's the, that's what I spent the last four years doing is figuring out how to do it and Mm -hmm. how to do it really good. Yeah, I'm always jealous of your video editing. You'll do certain things where it's slowed down and it's so epic. And I'm like, I'm going to try that. I did that once after watching one of your videos. I'm going to try that. I'm like, yeah, it didn't go well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So what what video software program are you? What editing software are you using? Just curious about that. You do a phenomenal job on your on your videos. The the production quality is so good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I I have definitely spent a lot of time uh, working with and trying to perfect that. Yeah. And uh, I always, I always appreciate the compliments that I get with the editing almost more so than the artwork, (laughs) (laughs) but I use a final cut pro 10. That's what I use. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. And I, I shoot on a Canon 70D. That's my primary camera I use. That's interesting. I'm, but I'm a PC guy, so I'm, I'm not using Final Cut Pro. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. That is so cool. All right. Gives me hope. <laughs> so at what point did you decide, hey, you know what? This is the direction I want to go. Not so much with the math. You know, actually, um, it took a long time to get to get to that direction. And it didn't really happen until after I graduated with my bachelor's in math, uh, which is kind of ironic because it's at that point that I should probably just get certified as a teacher and start teaching. But you didn't do that? I didn't. And uh, here's here's the reason why. So I graduate from college, have my degree, and my next step was to immediately start my master's. I didn't want mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to take any time off. I was already in the mindset of yeah. you know homework and, and school and uh, because I was in the military, I never had to pay for school. In fact, I all of the the whole time that I was going to school, I was making quite a bit of money because of the the GI bill. Right, and so it was it was more than comfortable. And I was like, I have more benefits. Let's just continue on. Let me get my master's degree and and what double my income when I do start teaching. Right. That was my plan. And and my master's program was one year, and it was from one of the most prestigious educational schools in the country. Yeah, that was so smart, really. Yeah. The only thing is that I needed to get accepted first, mm-hmm. and I had a pretty good interview. It wasn't very competitive because I was in STEM as a, as a math student. Um, they are always, they're basically begging for teachers, but they, they didn't like that I didn't have any classroom experience other than my volunteering because I volunteered uh, in, in classrooms before I was even able to apply. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't get in the first or the second time that I applied so it was at that point where I realized, you know what, I'm going to take a year off of school and just just kind of relax. I had plenty of money saved up. I could reasonably do it. And uh, I also was getting pretty serious with my then girlfriend and now wife, Anna. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to Poland spend some time with her and do YouTube and, and see where it goes. And that was kind of, that was kind of the game plan. Um, and I, even at that moment, I still hadn't said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to do art full time. What ended up happening was that I came, I came here to Poland, started making videos on a much more regular basis because while even the whole time I was in school, I was trying to do one video a week, but I actually ended up doing two and sometimes three videos a week on top of all of my schoolwork. Okay, that's hilarious. I mean, that's like an opposite statement to what I would ever say. I would say something like, (laughs) I tried to do three videos, but I ended up doing one or half a one a week. That, that's hilarious. How many hours were you going to school at the time? And then homework, how much time would you say between school and homework 
was per week were you spending just on those things? Well, uh, how, yeah. How many credit hours were you taking? I mean, oh, oh you're in your master's at that time, right? Uh, well, no, I didn't get accepted into my master's. Oh, I was finishing right. my right. bachelor's. Gotcha. I was finishing my bachelor's and I was full time the whole time. I was taking 12 credit hours. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, depending on where you live in the United States, 12 probably seems kind of low. But uh, in That's Washington low, State... Though. And in Washington state, they work on a quarter system, not a semester system. So it's a little more the quarter system is, yeah, it's, it's 10 weeks, it's 10 weeks for a quarter. And so 12 to 15 is where is, is the range. But I was, I was accelerating, uh, through all of my courses because, uh, my benefits have a limit, not Mm. based on amount but based on time. So the longer I take to get through school, the less benefits I actually get. So my plan was burn through uh, my bachelor's degree as fast as possible, Mm -hmm. maximize my, my benefits and then use my benefits to complete my master's program as well. That was always the plan. So I was taking like two advanced math classes every every quarter and the classes are only an hour but the homework is like eight. Oh yeah yeah so basically yeah. you're working at least as much as a full-time job would have been oh absolutely hours. no the doubt. reason that i bring that up is just kind of to motivate people because so many people think i work a full-time job i come home i have these other things i don't have time to do videos i don't have time to further my art career but you were managing to get three videos out on top of going to school, which for many people would relate to a full-time job. So that's pretty impressive. So many, so often you hear people think, I can't do it. And here you are proof. You can. It can be done. It's all about mindset, though, right, Will? I mean, you, you told yourself this is what you're going to do, right? I don't want to put words in your mouth. While I was in school, I had, like, uh, I had time for two things. I had time for school and I had time to edit videos. <laughs> and that was... <laughs> I mean, and that's what I did. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. go out and, you know, spend unnecessary money doing things that I had no interest in. Instead, I often stayed in my room, did my homework, sometimes didn't. Uh, but <laughs> then I would draw and I'd make videos. Are you kind um, of an introvert? Kind of is probably not the word to choose. It's probably like extreme. Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Introvert. I find that to be the case a lot with many people who are comfortable doing videos and drawing yeah. or doing you know, art. And it's yeah. funny, though, because I hear yeah. so often from people who say they can't do videos because they're an introvert. Uh, it's a perfect thing for introverts. Mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. I, I enjoy doing videos <laughs> big time. Yeah, it's perfect. Back to the introvert stuff. Like I, I went to one of uh, the country's largest universities. There's 50,000 people. And I, I managed to get through my bachelor's degree without ever really hanging out with anybody. I actually, <laughs> the only time I had a conversation or hung out with anybody was to study. Other than that, never went out for food, never went to a party. I've never been to a college party and I've spent six years in college. Kept your head down, got your work done. Imagine that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. That's good. Now, when did you get become interested in colored pencil? I know you work in so many different mediums. When was colored pencil something that you thought, Hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Lead us down that path. Uh, Let's talk about colored pencil. Yeah. That's, that's a good topic. So Colored pencils was something that I always never regarded as a medium of profession uh, growing up. The first the, the first introduction of colored pencils I remember was my junior year in high school. They had the Art Institute, some of the students come in to do like some kind of cheesy presentation. Um, I, I, I wasn't really interested uh, all that much. Uh, I thought always thought art school would be kind of fun, but uh, never had the money for it. So it was just something to fantasize about. But there was this one artist uh, that did color pencil work. And I saw, I don't even remember what it was, but when I saw it, I was like, there's no way you did that with colored pencils. And uh, that was like the very first, you know, and it just, it's always stuck with me. Never really give it, gave it much thought, but when I really, really got into color pencils is when I came across your channel, Lisa, um, because 
when you showed me the way that you could blend colored pencils with paint thinner, I was like, that is magnificent. <laughs> yeah, that the paint thinner was a life changer for me with colored pencils, that's for sure. Yeah. And when I saw like the work that you were creating with it, I was like, I was like, what the heck am I doing over here with graphite? Let me get on some of these colored pencils. <laughs> and so I went out and I bought the like the was the 76 or 72 pack of Prismacolor. And I was like, man, $100 for colored pencils. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to give it a shot. And I gave it a shot. And you see the first time I ever used colored pencils on my channel. Um, it was awesome. doing just a, a little anime drawing, but, um, yeah, it's a couple years back or so, uh, Faye Valentine, that's the, that's in the video title if anybody wants to look it up. Uh, but yeah, that's the first time I ever used colored pencils. The rest is history. I mean, uh, I spent a year, you can, you can kind of see my progression, um, in how much better I'm getting at colored pencils from watching that video and then skipping ahead one year later to see me draw this frog, the, this frog, this tree frog that I did. Um, because even when I finished that tree frog, I was like, I can't believe these are colored pencils. So what advice would you give then to someone who's just starting out in colored pencil, a new artist who just want, you know, wants to learn how to use colored pencils, what would you advise them to do? Well, I actually get this question quite a bit uh, since I do live streams every Monday on my YouTube channel. This is a question that comes up maybe every other week uh, when somebody asks me, you know, what do you recommend a, a new artist? You know, I want to use colored pencils or something like that. Sometimes it's pastels, but pretty often it's colored pencils. And I, I always point them towards the way that I started. And the way that I started was always on a budget. You know, I, I didn't go out and, and buy my first set of luminance until I, I was working with my, my Prismacolors for, I think, mm -hmm. two years before mm -hmm. I invested real money into right. the product. Um, yeah, they may not like it, right? True, true. And not only that, but the work you're going to be creating in the first year and maybe first two years, I mean, I'm not really going to be concerned about the preservation of that stuff mm -hmm. because it's all kind of practice in the beginning. Gotcha. So I, I always point them towards, uh, just, you know, get the, get just like the 72 set of Prismacolors. It's not that big of an investment, you know, get yourself a decent, um, sketchbook, uh, nothing again, nothing too expensive. I, I don't want to point anybody in the direction where they're going to spend a lot of money because I think, I think if you do do that, you're going to get a lot less interest. You know, normally your, your audience when starting colored pencils is, you know, 14 to what, 24, most likely around that, that age, um, depending on, you know, the market that you've already created. But, um, I think that's the age group that is probably thinking about it. And uh, obviously you're not going to convince them to go out and buy like full Not a lot of discretionary cash and, in their pockets, right? <laughs> exactly. So I always point them towards the way that I started. I, I had a, just a cheap sketchbook and a set of Prismacolors. And uh, I learned a lot. I made a ton of mistakes and I, I just colored what I liked. I started out with what I was able to do, what I was able to draw, and what I was able to draw was, you know, just anime characters. I just started there, and then eventually I was like, well, maybe I can try an animal, and then, and it just evolved. It, mm -hmm. I, I never rushed anything. That was that was the other thing. Colored pencils, they they're not a very forgiving medium. No, and I think that uh, I think that what most people may not like about them is that they're too impatient to deal with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that I always uh, bring up when people ask me about starting color pencils. I always talk about how they're, they're not the most forgiving medium. They're not like acrylic paint or oil paint where you can, you know, you can change the, the direction completely uh, with the colors and the values you have to be a bit more patient with colored pencils. They take time, and if you rush, you're not going to get the results that you want. I, I was bringing this up in a tutorial that I was doing 
over on my Patreon page where we were working with a background. And I was I was talking about doing doing backgrounds, the blurry backgrounds with colored pencils, because right. I, I don't think a week has went by for the past two years that I haven't seen somebody ask or struggle with doing blurry backgrounds and colored pencils. And honestly, um, you know, three or four colors, you can make a good background, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, if you don't have the patience for it, then your backgrounds are never going to look good. Right. So I, I think that's one thing that a lot of people need to learn uh, with colored pencils. It's just a bit of patience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that being your tip about colored pencil, because you were the same person when we did a collaboration on YouTube with a group of artists for the 10 minute painting challenge. You tried to do that with colored pencils, didn't you, for the first attempt? No, it was actually markers. Oh, was it marker? Yeah, it was. It was. It was even worse than colored pencils. <laughs> yeah, I and remember it was you way filmed too big. it as a fail and shared it, yeah. and then you redid it, and it was amazing. But it was so. That was a funny video. That one we need to link in the show notes. It was That's so hilarious. entertaining yeah. to watch That's and be great. frustrated that it's. Oh gosh, I only have five minutes left, and I haven't even started this yet. It was. It's <laughs> yeah. such a fun video to watch. You guys have to check that out. Just one quick thing, because I know we've been talking forever. One quick thing that I do want to ask. So many times artists think that they're going to quit their job. They're going to go full time for art. They're going to give everything to art. And every single time, except you, I've seen the artists after that year of saying they're going to give it a year. They give up. They most of the time give up on art altogether. I can't do this. I'm not making a living. What advice would you give to those artists? Because you obviously took this in a path that worked a little bit better for you. So how much was it your lead up to this? The fact that you were making videos beforehand? I mean, what what would you say? Why did this work so well for you deciding you were going to give it that year, take that year off and really focus on art versus where so many fail at that attempt? Yeah, that was well, actually, what I what I said is that uh, I'm going to take a year off school and just kind of go to Poland and, and make YouTube videos. But I didn't, I didn't do it with the intention of doing it full time. I had all the free time in the world. And since I wasn't legally able to work in Poland, the only thing I had to do was make videos all day and draw all day. And that's what I, that's what I ended up doing. How many hours a day would you say you put into that between drawing and editing and everything? Oh gosh. Well, I'll have, I'll have to say that in the beginning it was probably 10 hours easily every day between drawing and editing. Mm-hmm. Well, drawing, editing, and marketing. I, I have to add that because if you're just drawing and editing uh, and uploading to YouTube, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. Nothing's yeah. going to happen, right? All right, talk to us I about mean, marketing. Talk yeah, to us that's, about that. it, it's, it's kind of like if you were to take that route, it'd be like playing the lottery. You'd, you'd have to get found in order to make it successful. And that's, you know, as somebody that's introverted as I am or I consider myself, marketing was always the hardest part for me because uh, one of the reasons, one of the early, early reasons that I started a channel was to kind of put myself out there a little more. It was it was almost therapeutic to me, and when it when it came to marketing, it was like it was like the true test of my personal growth uh, to set up my my page and you know to ask people to share things and to like it. You know, even today, I still kind of get this weird feeling when I say, "Hey, you know, give the video a thumbs up," or "Hey, share this," or whatever. Um, but, uh, people are happy to do it and people appreciate, uh, what I do. And so it, it becomes a little bit easier, but as far as, as far as the marketing goes, I mean, I stole everything from you, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, I, if, if there's, there's one teeny tiny little advice that I could give everybody just general advice, it'd be find somebody that's doing it and copy them. This is interesting though. So even though this kind of makes you feel weird inside or whatever, you're still doing it and and it hasn't gotten I mean it's gotten a little easier, I'm sure. But what so what is this visceral kind of feeling that you have when you're asking for a, a share or a like or something? What what is this feeling that you're talking about? And you said this is like the true test here. What 
So describe that a little bit. I would say like, okay, because if you were to see me, if we were to have this conversation in a person, I probably wouldn't be as articulate. I'd probably be a bit nervous. I probably wouldn't know what to say as much. But online, it's a little bit easier for me. And when, when, I, when I ask people to, to do things that, that are actually in my benefit, it, it makes me kind of feel like I'm pandering a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm kind of yeah, standing yeah. on the street I with a little you. cup, shaking it with change. <laughs> so <laughs> right. know what you mean by that. Yeah, and that's, and that's, that's what I kind of felt like. Uh, for a long time, yeah, that's what I felt like for a long time. But then, people people started noticing me. People recognize me. Like I now, when I sign into YouTube, I have people tagging me with pictures that they did of of tutorials that I did, thanking me for their you know what I do. And every week on the live stream, uh, I do my sign off where I say you know subscribe all that. YouTube jargon, and uh, after after I close the live stream, I just sit there and I I, I watch the uh, I, I watch the live chat for a couple yep. minutes after I close out the stream, and I just just get a stream of people thanking me and saying see you next week, and I have people that tune in every single week to just you know listen to me. I I don't know why anybody would describe that feeling. What's what's that? You know. I, I always try to show my appreciation to the people that support me every single time. I never get tired of showing my appreciation to them. And when they equally show the appreciation for what work I've done and, and the amount of effort that I put in, honestly, it's the only thing that's gotten me this far. Because there's, there's a few people that I recognize from the very beginning that every every now and again, they'll just comment on my video and say enjoyed the video and it's it's really really what's like kept me going and they've been there from the beginning huh that's awesome yeah and it's honestly i couldn't ask for a better feeling is there a time though or a day you know an an hour or a minute (laughs) something like that that what what was a turning point that happened where you said okay I've I've done this, and I'm not going to pursue a teaching career. I'm going to become a full-time artist. Oh, goodness. Because you're doing this full-time, right? Yes, I, I'm doing this full-time as of, as of last September, actually. So hasn't even, I haven't even been doing it a year. So I actually made a video announcing this decision. So you can go back to, like, the day that I did this. Oh, wow. And... Uh, I'll, I'll send you the link to that video, but I kind of explained in that video how I got to this tipping point. And really it was, really it came from all the support that I was getting. You know, uh-huh. at this point, goodness, I don't even remember how many subscribers I had on my channel. I think I had maybe 3,000. So n- not very many in the grand scheme of YouTube. But I had some really good supporters that were just always commenting, always showing their appreciation. And I even had a few of them supporting me on Patreon, even though I wasn't even offering anything on Patreon at that time. You just had a page up with a, Yeah, I just kind of had... A, yeah, and you know, I still have the same message. I need to update my Patreon again. But I, I just have a like, little message that says, you know, just think of this as a tip jar. You know, I always, I'll always appreciate whatever you can do to support me. Um, and that's kind of been the message on there since I launched my Patreon page. Uh, I really need to change that <laughs> now that I actually offer real benefits. <laughs> So you had some solid supporters at around 3,000 subscribers. And yes. th- and then there was just this, this turning point then where you decided, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to focus on this and do this full time. Is, is there any kind of, uh, is there any regret or is there any, what, what you know, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what, you know, led to the decision, but I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're telling me it was just the support you were getting, right? It, it really was. You know, uh-huh. I, was, I was preparing my application again for my master's program. 
Oh, you were? And okay. I, at this time, at this mm-hmm. time. And goodness, I, it was like I woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to submit this application. I'm just yeah. going to... I'm just going to go for it. You know, I'm just going to give myself a year. I gave myself a realistic goal. You know, I, I my goal wasn't, you know, by this time next year, if I'm not making $5,000 on Patreon every month, then I'm going to give it up. No, that wasn't my goal. I, I knew what amount of money I needed to sustain myself. Uh-huh. And it wasn't, surprisingly, it's not that much when you live in Poland, to be honest with you. But, uh, in any year, I just needed to be making $300 a month on Patreon, plus the other incomes that I had coming in, which I think is, I have to mention that any professional artist, uh, any professional artist or anybody aspiring to be a professional artist, if you are only thinking of one income, you're already setting yourself up for failure. Absolutely. Uh, I think I have four right now with money saved up from, you know, my previous life. Mm-hmm. And so all I needed was to get to that goal. I, I reached that goal a few months ago and that's gonna, that gives me the ability to continue doing this full time for an entire another year. So for a whole another year, I can uh, comfortably continue doing this as my profession. And in, I can say now that in the past in the past six months, uh, my channel has went from like 4,000 subscribers to I'm just below 11,000. So I've more than doubled my, the size of my channel. And if I, sh- if I showed you the charts on my Patreon page, you, you would think I'm cheating because it was this time last year, I think it was like $15 a month. Oh, wow. Uh, and so I've, multiplied that by 20. Wow. Says the mathematician. Um, <laughs> okay. So you decided not to submit that, that application. And so was everyone supportive in your life when that happened? If by everyone, you mean my girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> that's remember, that's the a, one that mattered, right? Remember I'm an introvert. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't too long after, after I made that decision that I that I proposed to her, which is also a video on my YouTube channel. <laughs> this is great. Which is an awesome video. He actually, actually, why don't you tell the story? I'm not even going to tell what you drew. So I think about a month before I proposed, I, uh, I bought the ring and I came up with this idea of drawing the ring, editing the video, and then secretly record my wife, my now wife, then girlfriend slash fiance, uh, while she watched the video and then having the proposal show up at the end. That was my idea. Oh, I was that's like, neat. Yeah. I draw, I edit videos, and I, I record videos. So um, why don't I just add it all into one to make it a proposal video? Right. And uh, that's what I did. So I, I made this video. And yeah, like I said, it's it's on YouTube, so you can watch it. And uh, I def- uh, it was definitely a, a, a good video video. Uh, based on the opinions of pretty much everybody that watched it. And uh, I enjoyed editing and I sat, I sat her down. She watched me draw it. She had no idea what I was drawing. Uh, I hid the drawing every day when she would come home from work and uh, her mom knew while I was doing it, but she didn't really know when I was going to propose. And then, so I, I I brought her into the room. I said, "Hey, watch this video really quick." And I had the camera set up behind us, uh, just sitting there inconspicuously, I guess. And since I always have my camera sitting out, and uh, then when the video came to a close, it was the final picture of the ring, and and then the words "Will you marry me?" faded in while I got down on one knee and opened up the ring box. Oh, wow. That's... She said she said yes. Six months later, we were married. Just a, just a few months ago, we got married. And uh, oh, wow. I, the, actually, our wedding is also on my YouTube channel. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I do everything on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Well, congratulations. That newlyweds here. Wow. Yeah, thank this you is, very much. This is exciting. That is so cool. How yeah. old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I'm 28. 
Awesome. Okay, I think you wove a very good story, a very compelling story, and a lot of people are going to resonate with this, don't you very think, inspirational. Lisa? inspirational. One of the things yeah, that always, like, and this is why I always bring you up, is so many people think, I'm going to be a full-time artist, I'm going to give it a year, and this is why I was asking how many hours a day you put into it, because most people yeah, was- I know of that did this, they're like, oh, I'm going to paint for half an hour, and I'm going to go watch some TV. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to go do all of these other things, but not actually get work done. They don't focus on the thing that they said they they needed time for, and they're not putting yeah. any time into it. Like so many people just don't have that the drive needed, I think, to mm-hmm. make that work in that short of amount of time. You know, I'm go- I I really want to focus on this for the next year. And yeah. So many don't, they just don't take it serious enough that, okay, this is my job now. I need to put in a minimum of eight hours. And when you work for yourself, like you said, we're starting off with 10 hours. And most of us are, if you work for yourself, you work way more than eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was, when I, when I did finally fully commit to doing this full time, I think for about four months straight, I was doing five and sometimes six videos a week. And uh, it was wake up, draw, record, edit, upload, draw, record, edit, upload just every single day. Uh, I, 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 one of the things that does help is having a schedule. If you set yourself to a schedule, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're setting yourself up for success in, in, in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, time management is pretty key to getting that content out on time and on schedule. But I mean, the foundation is self-discipline. Yeah. You can't just wait for the spirit to move you, huh? Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've kind of always been uh, blessed with a, a strong sense of self-discipline. So it's, yeah, I have that kind of working for me uh, because I don't try real hard to be self-disciplined. I just, I just, just am. Naturally, just <laughs> it really does. That's cool. Yeah. I do have to add one more thing. So in that span of like three or four months where I was working uh, too much, to be honest with you. I was working too much. I was doing, like I said, five to six videos a week. Um, And it was too much. Not only was it, uh, it was kind of spinning my wheels a little bit. I was kind of doing a burnout in the sense that I was putting in a lot of work, but I wasn't putting in the work in the right spot. I should have been focused a bit less on the quantity of content and a little bit more on the marketing side of it. And, uh, actually the reason I stopped, I don't, I don't do that many videos a week anymore. The reason I stopped is because I kept getting sick every single week. I was getting sick because I was overworking myself. Uh, Yeah. I think in the, in the month of the last month, uh, December, I, I was sick every single week. And so I, I kind of, I kind of body had to tell you that was too much. Yeah. I, you know, I, I finally, I, I finally got myself out of first and second gear and kind of went up to like fourth and fifth gear where I can kind of cruise along at a better pace. Mm-hmm. And it's been so much more beneficial where I, I balance the quantity of my content and the, the marketing of it. And so uh, now I don't, I, I don't have to p- push myself so much, but I'm still getting the, the most out of the marketing. So, you know, uh, the other, the other bit of advice I can give is, uh, make sure that what you're working on is working, is going to be beneficial to your goal. Uh, because some of the content that I was creating that I found myself creating wasn't really going to push me forward towards my goal because it was kind of, it was more of the content that I, uh, didn't have a niche for. Like it wasn't, it wasn't going to get my channel out more. It wasn't going to draw people in. It was kind of just something to do just to make just, yeah, it was like, it was like filler stuff. Um, so, uh, opportunity cost, as far as uh-huh. your time management goes, oh, you know, sure. work, work on the stuff that is actually going to help you get to your goal. Uh, and, and through this time period, I've kind of been shifting a lot of my focus as far as trying to discover my target audience mm-hmm. and trying to discover, you know, what is it that, what is it that I can focus on and like bring forward and uh, I would say in the past like three months, it's been it's been tutorials. Um, I think that's what I kind of excel at, and uh, it makes sense because you know I, I was always 
on the road to being a teacher and explaining mm-hmm. things. And I, I just have a natural tendency to want to do that. And also I feel like I'm fairly decent at, at, at approaching tutorials in, in a different perspective because yeah, as, as somebody that, you know, most people would consider more left brain, analytical, yeah. logical, that's how I approach my technique. When I, when I break down my technique in colored pencils or painting or anything, I, I take a very systematic, a very algorithmic approach to the artwork. And I love that about, about your channel. I mean, the, the one thing that, that I saw recently, I just, I just was really uh, drawn in when you did this landscape in colored pencil and you did a time lapse and then you said, you know, I'm not going to really go through the step-by-step until the next video. So of course, you know, I had to watch the next video and you went through it and it was just very methodical and it was the right information at the right time. And I felt like I learned something very, it was, everything was there and it was done in such a, a succinct, methodical fashion that, yeah, I really, I really like it. And you're right. It is a bit different from several other channels that I've seen. I, I really like it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I, I don't think there's, you know, I don't think anybody would say there's only one way to teach or there's right. one way to learn. And, you know, there was the, you don't have to feel like you're in competition with anybody. You know, I don't have to feel like I'm in competition right. with with you or Lisa as right. as a YouTube artist teaching. I mean, I learn a lot from the way Lisa teaches and she has a, a fantastic audience that I'm yeah. proud to be a member of. Right. And maybe there's someone that comes across her channel that's that doesn't quite click with the way that she teaches. That doesn't mean she teaches wrong. That no. just means that that person learns differently. When I when I teach a, teach a subject, whether it's painting or colored pencils, my teaching method is a bit different than Lisa's. And that might click with somebody, or it might not, and they, they would prefer the way that she teaches. But it's not a competition between the two of us because we have different audiences because of the way that they learn. That's the thing I love. It's a collaboration. I love that. It's the same way with art in general, I think, because mm-hmm. there's this. There's not one way to teach. There's not one way to get to the same. I mean, there's 20 different ways to get to the same ending in a painting. Even the one that I'm working on right now, I was sitting here earlier looking at it going, okay, what do I want to do first? How do I want to lay this? There's 20 different ways I could go. And all of them are going to pretty much land me in the same place. And I think that's the same way with teaching. There's 20 different ways you could teach. It's just a matter of what's going to be easiest for that student at that time. It's just kind of a typical of art thing, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I really love that because I, I, I don't know. I feel like that if... If more artists had that approach where, you know, we're not in competition, it's a collaboration and it's a, this is a joint effort really among artists who are teaching and who are out there kind of in the public eye, you know, I mean, this is, I don't know, there, there, there should be more of this collaborative uh, type of spirit. And, and I think we, you know, we'd get a lot, a lot further down that path if, if we all kind of viewed it in that way, I think. I think you're right. I see that so often from artists with the, they copied me. They copied the way I do yeah. this. They copied the way I do that. It's like, wait, yeah. what? Seriously? I don't yeah. work together. That, that seems Unless like Unless you went way to the go. copyright office. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's cool. This, this is awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Will. Really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing everything that you, that you did. Thank you so much. Well, like thanks I for said, staying up all it's night. Truly an, yeah. It's truly an honor to be on the show. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not even four o'clock yet. It's all good. <laughs> we'll have all the links that we discussed here with Will in the show notes. You can head on over to sharpenartist.com slash podcast, and you can probably just type in Unmask Art, and his show notes will pop right up. And if you like the show, consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can always reach out to us, podcast at sharpenartist.com. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Hello, my name... Did we do this before? No, we didn't do no. this part. Okay. Hello, my name is John Middick. And the reason why... The, the reason why I ask, I think, is because we recorded that other podcast. Okay. That's what happened. Uh,
Yeah, All your right. your southern Thank you. um, heritage was kind of coming yeah. out there. <laughs> I'm getting I'm sleepy. real excited, y'all. I'm, I'm excited. Let's get him on the telly. 